Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon and welcome back. Welcome back to Porsche Cooled and welcome back to Owner Stories number 77 today. Um, it's Tuesday. I'm recording uh, these Owner Stories in advance. I said that in the last episodes. Um, I'm recording them quite a bit in advance, actually. I think it's about a month in advance at the moment. I just wanted to get a few under my belt, as they say. I wanted to get a few under my belt so that I have, a, I have enough there just in case uh, my work my day job takes over, which it will very, which it will again very, very shortly. Um, but it's a Tuesday here in London. Uh, it's beautiful weather. The sun is shining. Uh, I can see the Thames from my window, which is uh, pretty nice in this in this apartment. Um, apart from all that, um, we've got another owner stories, and this time we've got Mick. Uh, and I like these owner stories because Mick is from the UK. <laughs> He's from Hampshire in the UK, um, and I'm recording this at about uh, one in the afternoon. So it's a normal time for me. Normally I do these ones at sort of weird times of the day or late at night or early in the morning or sort of mid-afternoon. But <clears throat> most of the times they're kind of little odd, odd times due to the time zones and, and catching up with people at the right time where they can, where they can chat. Anyway, um, if you haven't been here before, welcome. If you have, welcome back. Uh, as I said, this is Owner Stories. My name is Michael Barth. Some of, them, some of you or most of you know that already. Um, Owner Stories. If you want to be on Owner Stories, you can. Uh, it's open to anyone that has a Porsche. Um, all you need to do, I'm a, bit, I'm a bit vague today, aren't I? All you need to do is to contact me through uh, Instagram, DM me Instagram. One of the three Instagrams that I have, the main one is Porsche Cooled for this podcast, but there's also uh, michael.bath and p997.1. If you haven't followed me there, please uh, please follow. That would be very helpful, very, very cool. And that's about it. Just reach out to me and I'll eventually get back to you and we'll schedule a time to chat through Zoom. These are all done through Zoom. Um, and that's about it. Very, very easy, casual chat, uh, just talking about the things that we love or the thing that we love, uh, Porsche. All right. Um, I'm running a little bit late, not too late, but a little bit late. But let me get Mick, let me get sorted here. Let me get Zoom up and running. And let me get Mick on from the UK to talk about his Porsche Cooled owner story. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Owner Stories number 77. Number 77. Today, I have Mick with me. Mick is in the UK. He's, in Ham- he's from Hampshire in the UK. Mick, thanks for coming on uh, Owner Stories today. Thank you for inviting me, Michael. And uh, I'll just tell the listeners how, we, how you reached out to me. You're a friend of uh, Paul's from Rengineering. There you go, Paul. Rengineering. Um, so you guys met from the love of, love of cars, you just told me, you and, you and Paul? Yeah, we we, were, um, we worked together, and uh, we were uh, we were in a project safety meeting, which, as you, as you can imagine, could tend to drag on a bit. And uh, we had stickers on the back of the laptops and lanyards with cars and stuff. So we started sending each other pictures of the cars and that, and so to liven the meeting up. But that's how, that's how we sort of met. It sounds a bit Mills and Boone, doesn't it? But yeah, <laughs> it's good to have a friend like that at work, though, because those meetings can get a little bit boring, can't they? Yes. All right, let's let's get straight into it because you've got a couple of cars to talk about. We've got your previous your previous Porsche and your current one. Uh, the, the the listeners will know what they are because in the title of this podcast, I, I kind of never mention them until we get up to it. So let's just let's just start where it all began for you, Mick. Um, the love of Porsche. When did you first start noticing Porsche? Um, was it something you did you notice it when you were a kid and it just happened later in life, or was it something that happened much later in life where you started looking at this thing, looking at this Porsche or nine eleven and saying? Man, man, I wouldn't like. I would like to get one of those. Well, yeah, there's a, there's a couple of um, bits that I'd, I'd just like to touch on there, please, Michael. Uh, the first one, my, we, we lived in. Um, I was brought up in South East London, Kent, so the Bromley area, and uh, my dad used to take me and my brother to Brands Hatch to watch the Formula One oh, okay. and cars and stuff like that. And then uh, I, I was chatting to my dad about this the other day, and we can't remember what race it was. It might be in the European Grand Prix in the mid '80s. But they brought a load of um, Le Mans cars along. So they had all the uh, 917Ks. Oh, right. Uh, and I sort of fell in love with the Steve McQueen uh, Golf, the long tail 917K. So that was my first memory of, wow. of, of Porsche. Uh, and seeing and hearing those go around the Brands Hatch was amazing. Um, and then the second part, um, a few years later, I joined the Navy. So I did an apprenticeship in the Navy and, and uh, I became a weapons engineer. That was my trade. Okay. Uh, and the weapon system that I went to work on was um, a Seawolf system, and it was de- designated GWS twenty five nine eleven. So oh, that, was, that, was, yeah, that was my second point. So I then had two. Fa- I, I love Porsche from from the brand hatch, and then I was working on a nine eleven system. It was meant to be. 
It was meant to yes, be. Yes, I was listening to a podcast the other day. I forget which one it was. And someone was saying they went to Brands Hatch. I don't know who it was. It was someone on some podcast I was listening to and they went to Brands Hatch as a kid. And that's what they remember, you know, seeing and how cool it was. But to see those 917, to see those cars on the track must have been a great thing. How old were you then when you saw those? Well, uh, I was probably 13, 14, something like that. Right. Because it's such a rare thing, isn't it, to see? Yeah. 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 And Steve McQueen's a cool, cool, cool guy, isn't he? He's probably the coolest Porsche driver out there, I think. Or Patrick Dempsey, maybe. But Yeah. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. True. So you've got the, you see that at Brands Hatch, the 911 on the, on the weapon thing. So what, what happens with your car journey? You get your license. We always talk about, you know, how exciting it is when we get our license. We get our license. Do you get a car straight away? Do you need a car? Are you living outside of London? What do you start looking at? Do you start going into ordinary cars or you start thinking, I just, I want a, a really good, you know, affordable driver's car? Yeah. To quote one of your own previous podcasts, most of my cars were shit boxes. <laughs> so, <laughs> Basically, um, in and I was based down in Plymouth, uh, and we, um, it, towards the end, I came back to Portsmouth. But uh, so I just needed a car to get me down to Plymouth and back. Um, and the, I passed my driving test quite late. I was probably twenty, twenty-one, something like that. Uh, and I did that in Bromley. And then, as soon as I passed my test, I jumped in my mum's nine-fifty Fiesta, drove right. back to Plymouth, <laughs> which was quite a, quite an experience going around the M25 for the first time. Um, but my first proper car was a few years later. I bought a um, a Mark II Golf GTI 16 valve, a big okay. bumper version. Nice. Um, that was my first main car, but, um, first driver's car, if you like. Was that a that was used? though? you bought that one used? Was it a good good example? Was it a was it a fun car to drive? It was a fun car to drive. Yeah, I had a few things going. It wasn't it wasn't the best example, um, if I'm honest. Um, quite a few things were going wrong with it you know like um electrics and and uh, things like uh, was it the alternator uh the, the battery the electrics just wasn't the car wasn't charging properly the distributor was cracked you know so i had all these things going wrong with it uh, within the first couple of years so but you know it gave me a chance there's space to tinker under the bonnet on one of those so it gave me a chance to actually do some of the mechanics myself yeah they're not too complicated are they really to work on no the no, they're ones. Yeah, they're yeah. quite easy, aren't they? Yeah. Okay, so that's a good car. So you had the GTI Mark II. What next? Anything else memorable that came along after that? Uh, no, no. Um, nothing. No, nothing. No. You sound like my, me. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad, on his 60th birthday, he went out and bought a 2002 Bug Eye Subaru WRX STI Impressor. Okay. So that was my dad's 60th birthday present. And then in, so how old was he then? Uh, that was in, that was in 2002, obviously. Yeah. So then yeah. in 2013, he, he got another Impreza. Okay. So I then took the family heirloom off him. So that was my next main car, the, 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 the bug eye, which was black and gold, black with gold wheels. So that was black with gold as well. But that's yeah. quite a good car though, right? Oh, it's a great car. Great yeah. car. Is that the yeah. best of the generation, the O the O2s, that generation? I'm not a big I'm not up on Subaru sort of knowledge, but is that a is um, that a good generation? It's probably the previous generations were probably better. The you know, the P1s and, and the 22Bs, they're the sought after ones. Uh, and then some of the Japanese imports. Um, but those the two liter engines are probably stronger. The two and a half liter engines, which came later, right. uh, they had quite a few engine rebuild issues going on with those. So the two liter was probably the strongest engine. Yeah, Steve. Steve had one in the day. Um, he bought it new. I can't remember what it was, what year it was actually. It's probably close to that year. Might have been a bit earlier, but I remember he had one in the day, and it was. I remember when he bought it. It was, and the first time I saw it, it was pretty cool. It's a cool looking car. Those those WRXs in the day, they were pretty sought after. Yeah. So you, you've got the fairly uh, the father's your dad's old car, his yes. favorite. Hand me down. Hand me down. He gave it to you. How long? You still have that car, or you got rid of it? No. So um, I got rid of it um, during lockdown. Um, the metal worm was catching up with it. Oh, okay. um, I've done, we've done 130,000 miles. So, uh, and then I went and bought an electric car. So, okay, we can talk about that. So, the SDI, did you take it on long road trips outside of the UK or just kept it in the UK? Kept it in the UK, but that's my daily driver. Um, daily driver, okay. Yeah. Okay, you want to talk about the electric car? We don't normally talk about electric cars in here. So, you still have the electric? <laughs> No, I, I flipped that, so did you? <laughs> I made some money on that. I'm on my second electric car now. Um, so did you buy that during lockdown? Was that part of your lockdown sort of 
our yeah, lockdown so, craziness um, that we go through? We need yeah, another car. Well, I was going back on shift, so I was, um, I was sort of seconded off to do project work where I work. Uh, and then because of the COVID, we went through a redundancy program. Yeah. So I sort of fell on my sword and said, I'll, I'll go back on shift, uh, which meant I'll be doing a lot more journeys. So um, VW uh, were selling the ID3 at the time. Oh, yeah. um, they really they were giving really good discounts on their base. Well, they weren't giving them away, but they were really cheap compared to what they are now. I, I like them, actually, Mick. Yeah. I actually quite – I see one all the time when I, when I go on my run here. In yeah. Canary Wharf, out to Greenwich, there, there's always one parked, and I think it's not a bad looking car. It looks pretty good. Yeah, it's it's good. I mean, looks wise and driving wise, it's good. It's the software. The so- that you know, they really? basically chucked them out with the basic software, and nothing worked in them. Um, and because we we're in a right-hand drive in UK, uh, the car was set up for, to be in Germany, so you had to lean across. Oh right. Yeah. You know, so it was. Uh, yeah. The, the the software is probably what's killing it at the moment, but they'll, they'll get there in the end. VW. But this is um this is basically Audi Group VW Group in in general, isn't it? I mean, this yeah. is the same complaint you hear. I mean, I, I don't know. I just listen from what I listen and what I read. But the same with the Taycan, right? It's the same thing. That the software is really not there. The sports car the sports car feel is there. Porsche's put that feel in the electric car. But yeah. you know, if you want good software, you have to go for poor quality, lesser quality, uh, and yeah. get a Tesla, correct? Because Tesla still are the, the the winners in that in that field. Yeah, I mean, but I've, I've just got um, I've got an Ionic Five now. Um, oh, okay. Which, um, in my head, I'm calling it the modern day um, Integrale. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? Uh, but, well, it looks, it, it, if you look at it at a certain angle, it looks really? like a, no, no. Uh, it, that's it. Okay, I saw one yesterday. I think I saw one yesterday. I don't. Yeah, I can't see that. No, no. Um, but everything works in the, in the Ionic Five, um, you know, and the car's quite good. It's, it's better than the ID Three. Um, okay, so software's better. Yeah, software's better, and everything seems to work. Okay, so that that's the other car. That's the other car to you to the one you have now to your Porsche. But yeah. so you have the you have the electric. What? Where does the first Porsche fit in? Where did where did that come along? Because we haven't talked about that. So there must be a gap there where it came in. So tell the listeners about about your first Porsche and what you were searching for. So the the um, obviously uh, nine eleven flagship um, Porsche model. Uh, I was reading. I've always wanted a nine eleven of some whichever era, you know. Uh, and I was reading a copy of Auto Express, and it was saying now is the time to buy. You can pick a nine nine seven dot one up to thirty thousand pound in the UK. And I thought, well, oh, I didn't realise they were that cheap because I'd taken my eye, eye off the market. So I, I did some investigations, and I, I, I went to a few. Uh, Porsche, <clears throat> not not dealerships, but independents. We got a few good ones down on the south coast near Chichester. Right, uh, and I, I I sort of put my feelers out. Said, look, I'm after a, a 997.1, um, specifically manual. I don't mind what colour, um, uh, but I just want manual. And then I did some more research, and the more I looked into it, actually, because it was my first, I got I call it Porsche paranoid. Where I was worried about the engine issues and, and, yeah. and et cetera, et cetera. So I talked myself into a dot two, yeah. uh, and then one Good came choice. up. At, um, yeah, one came up at um, Chapel Sports Cars just outside Chichester on the A twenty seven, near not too far from Goodwood. So we went down there, took it for a test drive. Um, uh, I got stuck down this little country road. <laughs> I didn't have to put the car into reverse because oh, it's, really? it's a weird, it's a weird push thing, isn't it? To get yeah, into. you got to push it and get. Yeah, I've yeah, had that so problem about, too. <laughs> about five minutes later, I, managed, I was sweating. I, was, I managed to get it into reverse. Got it back to the uh, got it back to the car showroom, and, and we, we decided there and then that we we go for it. Yeah, it's so, funny about that reverse gear, isn't it? I had the same yeah. when I picked up my nine eleven from when I bought it from Sydney from uh, Scuderia Graziani. I took it back home, and I live quite close to the city to the dealer. And I had to reverse it into my car park. Couldn't get it into reverse either. <laughs> and I just felt like an idiot. Here I'm like, my wife's going, what's wrong? I said, I can't get it in reverse. I think there's something wrong with it. And then eventually I could. But yeah, yeah one of those embarrassing first first 9-11 moments. So the dealer you bought it from, um, 997.1, you know I've got a 997.1. Um, and that yeah. Porsche sort of paranoid sort of thoughts that get into your head when you're looking for your first one. I mean, we all go a bit overboard, I think, don't we? We always look for, yes. we always looking at every single thing, like every single thing has to be right. Um, I had those same thoughts, I think, when I was looking at mine, but I just couldn't reach to a, t- a point two because one, they were a lot more expensive in Australia. Mm-hmm. 
And two, not many of them came up. You know what I mean? They were, they were quite rare. Um, considering the price now, the price was a lot cheaper than what they are now, but there was not that many available. So how was the experience with the dealer? What, did you, what was the process you went through, uh, Mick? So did you, did you have to get an inspection on the car? What, what, what did you do? Tell the listeners exactly how you, how you purchased it. So they, they, did, they did an inspection, pre-inspection for me. They knew the car. They'd had it through their hands several times, which always helps, doesn't it? So they know yes. the history of the car. And then it also came with a two-year warranty, which was a um, really good peace of mind as well. So, oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, we just we just kept the relationship going. And it, it took a few months to find a manual. Like I said, the, with the dot twos, that was the start of the financial crash. So Porsche didn't make that many 911s of the dot two era. Yes. Um, so that's why they were a bit more difficult to find. Um, you know, I, I said it had to be manual, but I also wanted a sports exhaust. Okay. Uh, it didn't come with us, so that was a compromise I made. I did, it didn't come. The the only thing it didn't have was a sports exhaust. Okay. So tell the listeners exactly what you bought, the color, the model, and and all the options that you know that that were fitted on the car from factory. Yeah. So it was a nine nine seven dot two manual Carrera two S. Uh, one of the probably the early ones because it was it registered in two thousand and eight. Okay. Whereas two thousand and nine was the official official year it came out. I think. Um, it had interior wise, um, it had pretty much all the options ticked. Uh, you know, the full leather carbon pack, etc. Oh, et really? Nice, yeah, it was really nice inside. Um, and then the, yeah, like I said, the, the only thing it didn't have was a sports exhaust, really. So, how was the the car's an 08 model? I just want to ask a question about the carbon. How was the carbon inside the car? Because I've heard from other people that some of the other people who have owned cars 997s around that era that the carbon starts to go a bit brown and a bit brittle. Is your carbon okay? So the in the centre console where the handbrake is, that the carbon cracked there. Okay. So um, that was the only issue I had. The rest of the carbon was fine. It hadn't, it, I suppose if you leave it in the sun, then it, I, my, mine was always in the garage, so it was uh, kept out of the sun that way. Uh, but yeah, the it was, a, it was basically the hairline cracked straight down the middle of, of the of the centre console. So that was there when you inspected the car when you purchased no, it. No, it was all fine. That happened um, after a couple of years later, I think. Oh, okay, that's an expensive part. Yes. <laughs> Did you replace it? No, I left it. <laughs> I was going to say that's a very because I know the same thing happened. Uh, Steve's got that center carbon console as well, and the same thing happened with his. And he mentioned, in, I think, in an earlier podcast on his GT3, but his was still under warranty at the time, I think, and they just uh, replaced it. Okay, that's how, that's that. That's a good one to get replaced because I think it was about fifteen hundred quid. I think. Yeah, it's. I was going to say it's about three thousand Aussie, something like that. It's quite yeah. a lot, even more. Um, what color is the nine nine seven? Did you mention the color? Uh, color of miles. How many miles did it have on it when you bought it? So it had about thirty thousand miles on it, and it was black. Um, with this one had silver wheels, so black with silver. Initially, it had silver wheels. And when did you pick that up, Mick? What year was that? That was twenty fifteen. I picked that one up. So twenty fifteen. So yeah. you sold that quite a long time ago. So <clears throat> what was the reason? Uh, well, first, let's go back to the, the, the pickup. Let's just go back to where it, the dealer. So you buy the car, you, you, you trust the dealer. They've got a good warranty, two years warranty. I've noticed a lot of dealers in the UK offer warranty and, and MOT for what a few years and stuff like that yeah. too, don't they? A lot of these things are included in the UK. So how was that feeling then? You know, you saw those cars, the, the Brands Hatch and the 917s, the 911 on, on the weapon. What, what was the feeling when you, when you picked up the car? Nervous, <laughs> nervous, <laughs> nervous, and excited because I'm like, I've got to drive this home now. Um, How far did you have to drive? Uh, so it's a, it's it's probably it's probably about an hour drive from Chichester. Oh right, so it's a bit of a drive. Yeah, yeah, it's quite a drive. So it's a uh, yeah. It, once and, and I took my son down and, and my wife came with us as well. Fantastic. So we, we utilised the back seats. So yeah. my son's quite a big lad. Was he complaining? <laughs> he, managed, he, managed, he managed to squeeze <laughs> in the back. So yeah, but he. He, he was. He was. I think he was more excited than I was. But uh, yeah, the thing about a nine eleven back seat, it's like you can get into them, but getting out of them, I find, is the most difficult part. Don't you? Have you ever tried to sit in the back of your car? No. <laughs> <laughs> How tall are you? I'm six foot, and I find it a struggle. No, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm only five foot nine, so I'm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you have the you have the nine nine sevens. Twenty fifteen. It's a few years back. Yeah. You know, you, you you're enjoying it. What? What were the things that you loved about that car? Thinking back back at it now, what were the things that you loved about the nine nine seven? So, so one of the things I, that um, I suppose is a hidden benefit is the social side of, of owning a owning a nine eleven. 
So um, they obviously got the Porsche Club, um, but there's also, I, I did a lot of my research through um, a website called 911 UK, which is a forum. Yep. Um, yeah, I go to that as well. It's really good forum. And there's, there's hardly any, you know, you go on piston heads and you don't want to post anything in case you get your head ripped <laughs> off. Yeah. So this place is uh, is good because it's um, it's a safe place. You can go and you know, ask sensible questions and get, and get sensible answers back. And those guys really helped. Um, and and in, in in our area in Hampshire and Dorset, they're quite active on that 911 UK forum. So we used to meet up and go on, you know go to lots of events and and stuff like that. Uh, include we used to go to Germany quite a lot as well. So we we drive over to Germany once a year. Okay, uh, so where did you take the car in Germany? What any- so there's in, it's this this time of year. There's a, a, a I think it's I think I'm, I'm I think it's the biggest Porsche show in the world. So it's in a place called Dinslaken. Right, um, which is not far from Dusseldorf, and it's called Porsche Friends, and it's on May Day every year. Uh, obviously, we haven't been for a couple of years, but um, we'd meet up. Uh, we we call us. We'd have us different squadrons across the country, and we were the Southern Squadron, and we used to meet up at Portsmouth Porsche Centre in fancy dress uh, and drive right. across Germany. Yeah, so yeah, it was first year we we went. Oh, we're going to Germany. Let's all go in later. Who's in? <laughs> so <laughs> how many one, cars? How many cars? Um, so there was about 12, 12 cars. Oh, good. Um, it's quite difficult to keep 12 cars together. Um, <laughs> I bet. Even I with, bet. Even because you've got turbos, you've got some air cooled, you've got guys with different who don't like driving as fast as others. Uh, and when you hit the autobahn, it's uh, all, every man for himself. Um, I bet. Yeah. But it's a, it's a really good event. A really good event. We'd meet up in a, a we st- we'd all stay in a hotel in Oberhausen. And then we there'd be about fifty of us convoying from there down to Dinslark and and then we get out, real, uh, not realizing how cold it would be in Germany because it's up in it's up quite high up in the mountains. Yeah, and we're all there in Lederhosen, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and it's been it's going across on on a German radio show. Oh really? This guy comes over and, and Phil, our organizer, is is larger than life. He's a real character, right? And he comes up to Phil and he goes, "Why are you all dressed in Lederhosen?" <laughs> And, and Phil went, well, it's your national dress. We went, nine, nine, Bavaria. <laughs> and we were like, oh, of course. We, we just upset the whole of Germany. That's <laughs> uh, funny. Good fun. But the yeah. community's great, isn't it? I mean, that's yeah, the thing good. that you never realize with, I mean, I guess we we know now more so with, you know, podcasts and YouTube and everything, but the community, yeah. <clears throat> you know, the community of Porsche, when you buy one, it's just, it's just insane how great it is. I mean, there's just so yeah. many people that are so like-minded that you would never have realized that you would be in, in contact with. Yeah. So you're enjoying the 997. What about other – the listeners always like to know about the maintenance side of it and the cost of ownership of the 997. Was it a, was it a sensible car to own, looking back at it? Yeah. Was it was it quite uh, reliable? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't have a – I don't think I had anything go wrong with it, if I'm honest, um, it, apart from the cracked carbon fibre. Yeah. Um, nothing else was normal maintenance stuff. And, um, you know, we got, we got some good independents around here which do servicing and stuff like that, so – uh, um, rather than take it to to Porsche um, OPC, you can you can get it done at a, a, a Porsche Independent, which is you know relatively it's, a, it's cheaper and and rather than follow the two year interval schedules, you can probably do an, an oil change annually, right? Uh, and gives you that peace of mind as well that it's actually the oils because I'm I'm not too keen on this two annual uh, oil change. Um, two annual is it? Uh, sorry, two two yearly, two yearly, two um, yearly, right? Two yeah, year, no, yeah. it has to be yearly, right? Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, in my in my head. What are the good specialists down your way? So we got um, Barnes Sport have just opened up in um, just out just in Bournemouth, right? Uh, and they're 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 ex Porsche Porsche technicians, so they're they're really good guys down there. So okay. If yeah, if you ever down that way, pop in and say hello. They've always got the coffee coffee on the go. So fantastic, fantastic. So you got the nine nine seven. It's reliable. You enjoyed it. What did you do with the sound issue though? You said you had to compromise with the exhaust. It didn't have a sports exhaust. Did you add something? Yes, so I did the. I've just gone back through some of your old podcasts. I was listening to your nine nine seven exhaust one. Uh, So the first thing I did was um, I didn't go. I didn't get the shark works bypass. We got Hayward Scott. Hayward Scott do a bypass. So uh, for those that don't know, it's got two side cans coming out of um, each bank of three, and it then feeds into a centre bypass in the middle. Oh, sorry, center silencer. So the first thing I did was delete that center silencer, right. which improved the sound slightly. Um, 
And then I did a bit more research and I was looking at the Gundo hack. And then um, I came across Carnell's website uh, in yep. Belgium. So, and I looked, and we were just about to go out to Dinslaken and I looked at where he was based and where the uh, where we were getting the ferry back from. Yep. So I left a bit early and we, we went to Gert Carnell's place. Oh, you went he, to see him? Yes. He's a top bloke. I tell you. Yeah, I know Steve. Yeah. Steve's had a few conversations with Gert, I yeah. think, over the years, and he said he's really cool. He's really, really helpful and really nice guy. Yeah, I, mean, is he, you know, I bet he's even more fun in real life, huh? Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's, got, um, he's got an amazing setup. It looks like a, a house from the front, but then it's, it's a bit like the tide. It goes back a long way, and he's got right. like loads of uh, 993s and 964s out the back, and he's collecting air-cooled engines. So he's got about three or when I was there, he had a stack of three or four um, old air-cooled engines in, in, in crates ready to go. So what did you do? You got him to fit it. You got an exhaust from Gert, from Carnival? So he, he he takes the side cans off. So in in Belgium, it's illegal to tinker with your exhaust. Yep. So it's uh it's but they, it's only a visual inspection. So what he does, he un- unwelds the side cans and then does. It, it must be a Gundo hacking type thing inside. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and then so it looks like a normal exhaust. But it sounds amazing. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, it, sounded, it was a, it was a, it was a really good sound it was making. So, yeah, I was always a bit jealous of um, people with nine nine seven point twos, and I've spoken about it before with the exhaust because with the nine nine seven point one, the nine nine seven point two, you can have the fister with the Sharkworks, right? Yeah. But with the nine nine seven point one, you can't because the Sharkworks don't make that that part, the center X pipe or whatever it is, right? Yeah. They don't have that part. But I think. I was looking the other day, and I know I've never said great things about them, but it's, there's nothing wrong with the company. But Soul Performance, I think, actually do. I saw on their website, someone sent me a message and said, Soul Performance actually do it. You can do it for the 997.1. They'll do that for the 997.1. They've got some part where it deletes that center, and yeah. you can actually do it. So I haven't really looked into it, but I think it's it's not cheap. I think it's a few grand. It's not yeah. cheap. There is a company down um, Dorset Way. Um, I think they're called Top Gear. Okay. Um, and they do because one of my friends had a, a, a dot one, um, and and his exhaust sounded it was, it, it, it he almost won the sound off competition at Dins Larkin, and it was it was switchable so he had a, oh, had a fantastic where you could switch it and it's quite quiet normally, um, but he always ran it with it loud loud and proud so uh, uh, so they're, they're, and it's relatively cheap they do quite a few group buys on the nine eleven UK forum um, okay. So you're happy with the result then, with the 997? That was cool? Yes, that was a... Because the guys were all ribbing me going, no, you're never going to make the ferry because your bolts will be rusted. And I'm like, <laughs> and it was putting all doubts in my mind and I'm like, sure, I've gone earlier. But Gert had it off and on within about half an hour. So oh, I was great. really impressed. Yeah, he, he, he turned it over really quick. Yeah, that's really cool. You could go there. And if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, it's Carnule. I don't know what the proper website is, but you just search Carnule. They have so many parts for Porsches, don't they? They have so many yeah. things. Like from, I know seatbelts. I think Steve got, they can get the seatbelts from them, the colored belts and everything they've got. And the prices are pretty good, reasonably yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you got the 997. That was 2015. When did you get rid of it? So I got rid of that um, just before lockdown. So just before I got the GT4. Okay. So what was the... Let's talk about that. What was the your first Porsche? You loved it. 911, 997.2, very sought after and manual as well. Yeah. Very appreciating asset, like going up like crazy. I I can't remember because I haven't looked recently, but I think the prices in Australia for those are over 200,000 Aussie already. I refuse so, to look. <laughs> yeah, I know they're going up. So did you sell at the right time? What was the deciding yeah. factor though? What was the deciding factor to think, okay, I want to get out of this. I need something more. I, I was a bit like Paul on, from Engineering, where I said, I, 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 "This is my, this is my. I'm never going to get another one. I'm happy. With, I'm happy with my lot." And then um, uh, I got wind of uh, two cancelled orders in uh, Port Centre, East London. Okay. In February 2020. Right. So um, <clears throat> I think people were panicking a bit with the what was happening in China with COVID. Oh, right. So they were, they so were good putting time. out the yeah. So. We were up in London. I'd spoken to the uh, Porsche Centre in East London, um, and I said, we're at the Classic Car Show at Olympia. Any chance we can pop over Saturday? And they went, yeah, no problem. So we we, we, we got the Docklands Light Railway across, got to Porsche Centre East London, and then uh, sat down. And he goes, right, we've got two. We've got a white one, and we've got a black with gold wheels. I said, I want a black with gold wheels, please. Uh, so with, <laughs> sorry, Mick, were these in stock, or were they just cancelled orders that were about to come in? They were cancelled that were about to come in. So this is in February 2020. 
Um, so I couldn't change any of the um, spec. It right. was spec was already done, um, which hadn't been on the Porsche um, um, spec on the website. I would have, I would have been changing my mind every five minutes. I think. So I'm glad someone else spent all the effort and chose and spec the car for us. So a lucky situation, really, because you know we'll get into GT4 in a second, but very sought after cars. You know, especially the 718. Um, yeah. I hate to think what the waiting list is now on it because of the Porsche factory stopping production. Yeah. And then you've got two to choose from. Did you want to look at the specs of the white one as well just to make sure that the one you picked had the right specifications? And I just want to go back because color is really important. And I don't know whether you've listened to the episode uh, with Blair from Salt Lake City. He had a, a 981 GT4. He bought it in white, hated the color and sold it a few weeks later and got a sapphire blue one. Was the color that that much of a determining factor for you, or did you look at the other options that the other car had and thought mm, maybe I could go with the white? So there was there was some, something else going on in the background here, Michael. Sorry, there was <laughs> okay. another there was another couple in in this Porsche Center at the same time. Oh, really? Yeah, and they were looking at the GT4. They wanted the white one. And <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, sort of, yeah. So one of the salesmen went over to them and said, "Look, there's a couple over there. They want the black and gold." And they went, "Okay, we'll have the white one then." And so it was sort of. It was, it was gone like that, really. Um, okay. Porsche East London, you're there. Were you ready to buy at that point? You decided that you were ready to, to go forward with it? Yes. Yeah. So we, 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 had a, we had a good chat. Me and the missus had a good chat. And then uh, uh, we, she said, yeah, let's go for it. So we went for it. So um, we, we uh, signed on the dotted line there. All right. Tell the listeners exactly. Everyone wants to know exactly what it had, what the color, the, the spec, exactly what it has. Because it's a very cool looking one. Uh, let me just yeah. tell you before you start, let me just tell everyone your Instagram. Um, if you go to Mick's Instagram, at GT4 underscore Winchester, W-I-N-C-H-E-S-T-E-R, at GT4 underscore Winchester. Have a look because he's got plenty of images on there of Porsches and his car so you can look at it while we're talking. Mick, what was the spec? What did it have? So the is black with gold wheels with the Aram Aram gold wheels. Uh had the uh, nine 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 one eight buckets uh with the um roll cage half roll cage and, and the uh fire extinguisher and harnesses and it's got the yellow yellow deviated stitching and the chrono pack. They they're they're probably the main I mean it's got a hell of a lot of stuff. I was I was I was getting worried the other day and I was picking I know he's gonna ask me this. <laughs> and then what this else? is a, <laughs> Oh God! It's so got, it has uh, all the little yeah. things, right? Does it have the good yeah. headlights and things like that? Yeah, yeah. The only thing it hasn't got is the um, uh, cruise control. I think <laughs> that's all right. You don't need that. You don't no. need that. And those and your wheels. You know the what's the right way to pronounce it? Now you've got one. Is it Aram or Aram? Aram. Aram, I think. I've, I haven't mentioned the the carbon brakes either, have I? The PCCB no. brakes. So that's another. That's the, probably the biggest. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's a very it's a very well specced GT4. Um, yeah. Very very well specced, and I'm looking at your your Instagram now while I'm while I'm just talking to you, and I like the contrast as well. I like the contrast with the um, with the Aram wheels and the and the and the carbon ceramics, beautiful uh, yellow calipers, as we all know. What about the belts? You've got yellow belts as well, have you? Yes. Yeah. I had those fitted afterwards because I wasn't sure whether to get those fitted. Uh, I thought I'd try it without the belts first, and then I went in. A friend of mine has got a GT3 RS, and he he had the belts in. And actually, you can you can just sit on them, and you can't feel them in, in your back or anything. So I went back and got the belts fitted afterwards. And it's manual, of course. Yeah. It's got the lightweight buckets. Yeah. Tell us, uh, tell the listeners, how was it? You're at Porsche East London, um, nearby where I am actually. Porsche East yeah. London. You pick it up. You pick it up. How long did you have to wait first? How long? It hadn't. It wasn't. It wasn't in stock. It was about to come in stock. How long did you have to wait? It's a brand new car. You've literally. You've just bought a brand new GT4. It was just over a month. I had to wait. Um, there was one. I, 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 I. There was one spec I did tick, which was the um, PPF. Okay. Uh, and Topaz took it um, across that and up near Wembley. So Topaz PPF'd it. So I got to see it a week before I picked it up. So, so Topaz invited us up. Right. Uh, we weren't in we weren't in lockdown then. Uh, and then a week later, um, we went back up to East London uh, and picked the car up. I think it was two days before we went into full lockdown, the first lockdown. Oh really? So you just <laughs> just made it. So it went. So what? So what happens? A Porsche Porsche East London send it to Topaz, and then it goes yes, back to but, East London. Yes. Yeah. And are Topaz as good as what everyone says they are? Like all these videos on YouTube, are they they really good at what they do? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I can't compare with any other PPF companies or, or vinyl wrap companies. I've never had a car wrap before, but yeah, they, they, the whole process they 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 spoke me through it. They you know, um, they they even give me a, a sheet on how to clean the car, what products to use, what not to use, because some products could react with the with the with the PPF. Yeah, and I think I would do exactly the same if I was getting a new a new nine eleven. I think I'd have to PPF it. I really do. I don't think you could. I don't think I could sleep if it wasn't PPF'd because you'd, you'd be worrying too much, right? You know, it's a brand new car. We always worry more about brand new cars, you know, at least for the first couple of years until we drive yeah. it a bit. It's a really good spec. Like, it's a fantastic spec. Lightweight buckets, manual, driving experience. You go to East London, you pick it up. It's fully PPF'd. It's ready to go. You, you pay the money. You drive it out of the dealers and you're driving back home. It's a, it's a bit of a drive. Not that far, but it's a bit of a drive. Yeah. How was the feeling, the driving feeling of the GT4 compared to your previous memories of the 911, 997? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question, Michael. Because you get into uh, um, you get into the GT4, and it 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 feels exactly like the 911 feels, but different when you start driving it. So the engine is right behind you in the GT4, um, where it's obviously further slung out of the back on the 911. Yeah. Um, the cabin noise, the noise in the cabin, you could hear everything. So, you know, in the, the 911's a lot more of a tourer where you can, you know, you can talk to your, whoever's in the car with you. You can listen to podcasts. It's a bit more difficult in the GT4. The cabin noise is a bit louder. Um, but the 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 first thing I note, the gear shift. So you, you, I don't know what yours is like, but I I didn't have the short shift kit on the um, 911. Yeah, so I changed mine to short shift. But yeah, it was that's a bit sloppy. Really, yeah, it was a bit sloppy. That's probably what I should have done in mind, to be honest, because it, it was—it's quite a long throw, isn't it? Um, into third, yeah. longer. Uh, yeah, but, but, yeah, but the, the gearbox in this was, was amazing. So it was—it was just you could—it was definitely in the gears. Gearing's a bit long, um, and and that's that's recorded everywhere over the internet. Everyone says how long the gearing gearing is gearing is, but you know, you, you can work you can work around that. Yeah, I don't. I, I hear the same things, and I, I don't know when I listen to it. I think is it really that much of an issue do you know what i mean I, I don't know if it's that much of an issue really i i don't think so um not for my drive not for not for me i'm not a, you know i'm not the world's best peddler so uh you know it's you can work around it anyway there's enough there's enough power in there to to to, to go up through the gears you know but when i think of the gt4 and i think you just mentioned it then i think you know and there's a there's an owner stories that you know we record i'm recording these owner stories in advance but there would have been an owner stories that would have been published before yours um with a um, Amanda and her um, spider. And I think she mentioned the thing about the gearing as well. I think there was a thing about the gearing. But the thing about these cars, which which I always think about, is that not only have you got that fantastic engine, you know, you've got the fantastic engine. You're in a you're in a 718, you're in a GT4, so the engine, like you said, is closer. And then you're in the seats. That whole experience must be completely different to a 997. I think about what the 997 is like. And I, I'm guessing as in a GT4, there's less noise insulation as well, right? And that, that yeah. engine will be so powerful. The vibrations yeah. and the noises—it must be such an experience in that car. Yeah, it's it's a it's a lot rawer. So you know, more you know, the the nine eleven was a, a is a really powerful car, but when you jump in the GT four, it just feels a lot tighter and a lot. But it's a, it's a newer car, I suppose. So all the all the parts aren't worn out or wearing out, etc. So it, it, it yeah, it's a, it feels like a really raw driving experience when you jump in. So how did you go with the um, running in period and stuff on the on the 718 on the gt4 what what do you have to do did you follow I'm, it i'm, I'm smiling uh, <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say that actually yeah so smiling or laughing i was wondering I'm, which <laughs> yeah cringe, cringing <laughs> so um when i jumped when i got the car the uh the guy at uh, Porsche Center east london said you, d- you don't have to run these in really? you, they're ready to go okay and i'm like oh. so i got the manual out and it does say don't go over four thousand revs until three thousand kilometers, which is about eighteen hundred miles. Yeah. Uh, and then everyone, you go on the forums, and everyone's got a different. You know, you've got to increase five hundred revs every every five hundred miles, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so I, I, tr- I did try and keep below four thousand revs um, to start off with. Right. As I, I I was rolling down the pit lane at Brands Hatch, as I went through the three thousand kilometers. <laughs> so. Right. So, so that was I was like I was trying to work it out. I was I had my first track day booked. Um, it, this is after the first lockdown, so the track days were like rocking horse stuff. Yeah, 
Uh, so I managed to get on one at uh, Brands Hatch, and I was rolling down the pit lane, and I'd just gone through the three thousand kilometres as I was coming out onto the onto, uh, onto the main straight there. So okay. I did. I did follow it. So you um, did follow it. So it is a. Yeah, it's just varying the revs, though, isn't it? Isn't it? It's keeping the revs at a kind of variable rate, isn't it? Isn't that what they say to do? Yeah. So you, you use the gears, go up and down the gears. Yeah, you know, go up and you've down got to break the, the gearbox in as well. It's not just the engine; it's the gearbox you are breaking. So you bought a car, you know, you're lucky enough that you picked the car up just before everything locked down. Was it yeah. frustrating during that period? Because, you know, then we know UK did go into lockdown like the rest of the world and you just couldn't drive. You could just, you're just looking at your, G, your GT4 in the, in the driveway and you couldn't drive it? Well, I'm, I'm a bit lucky because I'm classed as a key worker. So I could, you know. Oh, uh, okay. Could, Fantastic. I yeah, I, um, I, 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 <laughs> our car park at work was full of um, top-of-the-range sports cars. <laughs> Everyone was taking their sports cars yeah. out. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Um, so let's go back to that. Let's go back to that story. So you like doing – did you do track days in the 997? I didn't ask you that. Did you ever take it no, on the track? No, I, did, I, I didn't, no. Um, I'd done some before, but I hadn't I, – I, I wanted to. I just never got around to it. So track days. How was the, that first one? You went to Brands Hatch. Have yes. you done a few track days since you've owned the car? Uh, that was the first one I did. That's the first one I've done for quite a few years. Uh, I found it really tiring. Uh, it's really hard work. Um, I, I, foolishly, I didn't take an instructor with me. Okay. So um, that's, that's, my, that's my lessons learned. Uh, uh, take an instructor with you. Because the next one, I've, I've got one, one book this year uh, and I've got an instructor coming around with me for the whole day. Oh, great. So just to try and make me a bit better because, you know, there's, you can see different varying styles on track. I, I only do the Porsche Club track days because it's like-minded right. people. Um, you know, you hear horror stories about some of these other track days. So uh, yeah. I'm a bit of a snob when it comes to track days, unfortunately. I'm still keen to do a track day. I don't know if I'd do it in the 997. I think I'd have to get something a little bit more hardcore. But yeah. the question I want to ask you, your brakes, the ceramics, you're doing track days. You're not concerned about them wearing out too quickly? No. No? <laughs> no? You only live once, Michael. <laughs> you know, you're only here once. Just Have you already yeah. checked the replacement cost of the ceramics on a GT4? I, I, I have. I have. <laughs> and <laughs> there's all the horror stories about there's all the horror stories about getting stones trapped in them as well. And, and yeah. Um so yeah. There's I no just, insurance policy that covers those? No. No, unfortunately. It's just um yeah. And how's the feel, the feel of a ceramic brake? Is it really that much better? I've never driven a car with ceramic brakes, but is it really that much better, like the, the stopping feel and everything of the of the brake? So the, the brakes in, in Porsche is slightly different to anything I've had before, you know. So you, you really do have to, especially in the 911, the 997, you really have to push your foot in to, to get the brakes working. Um, and it's pretty much the same for the GT4, but they, they was, just didn't seem to fade. So there was, you know, they just they just kept going and going and going all day. Fantastic. You know, the, car, the car went longer than would, was better at it than I was, put it that way. Right, <laughs> right. And I like how they look, that's for sure. They definitely look better yeah. than the, the steels. I know a lot of people pick the steels on GT3s, but the, the ceramics do actually look look very, very good. So what about the, the way you drive a, a 718 GT4? Because I was speaking to someone the other day and they said they they changed from a – I think they have a they had a 911 and they have a they have a mid-engine, you know, um, 718 Cayman or, or Boxster. Do you feel like you have to change the way you drive with the weight transfer? Um, with the, you know, being the, the full, like you said, the rear engine 911, and now you've got the engine mid-engine, it's right next, it's right behind you. Do you feel like you can brake later into a corner? Do you have to follow the same way that we do how we drive our 911s? Yeah, it was, um, I, I, the car felt a lot more um, planted in the corners. So, it, you know, it, it does feel, it feels flat through the corners, if that makes sense, you know. So yep. you can brake a bit later. Uh, and you can, I feel like you can get on the gas a bit earlier as well. So um, yeah, it's a it it it's a shorter car as well. It's a smaller car than the modern 911. So it's um, it's it's the weight transfer. Yeah, it's um, you 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 learn the trail braking a lot easier in the, in the GT4. I think so. Um, that, that's my first impression. I've only done one track day in it so far, so that's my first impressions of it. What about the feel on the road, though? When you're on your twisty roads, your favourite twisty roads, and you're driving the GT4, does it feel like you're, you're driving differently to what you did from the memories in the 997.2? To be honest, I, can't, I couldn't remember. You, 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 I think you're, you're driving, you adapt your driving style to the yeah. car you're in, I suppose, don't you? So um, you, 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 
you know you don't push it to the limit but you know you can you can take it a bit further each time you go out you get a bit more confidence uh i to answer your question i can't remember what my driving style was like in the 911 so <laughs> <laughs> so what about after the running period you do the running period did you did you notice anything loosen up a lot better or feel better in in the GT4 once it was run in after you put a few thousand miles on it uh well you can take it up you can you can make a bit more noise right so I mean, one of the complaints about the the 718s is the because they've got the particulate filters the the noise isn't um as good yep but you know, once you take it over four, it's like most Porsches. Once you take it over four thousand revs, the 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 engine starts to kick in and the exhaust note kicks in. Uh, and I'm going to do a pull here. I'm uh, I'm the, I'm happy with the exhaust sound. I'm probably the only uh, GT4 718 owner who says that. But I'm I'm happy with the exhaust note. Yeah, I've heard I've heard one in the street. I've heard one in the street, and it sounded good enough to me. It sounded fine yeah. to me. I like the arrow at the back. I like how it looks as well. I know that people were saying some people when it first was announced they didn't like the arrow or whatever, but I like the back of it. I think it actually looks yeah. really, really good. What is the exhaust you can do? But with the exhaust on the GT4, you wouldn't really change it, would you? I mean, that's how it comes from the GT division. What is there available to put on the GT4? Uh, so <clears throat> there's the, the usual um, suspects. So JCR do... Um, so the, the actual configuration is in, in the in the head headers is the cats. So yeah. they're built into the headers. Then you fit into the GPS and then you've got the back back box. Right. So J- JCR do various combinations where they do a straight pipe um, header into uh, they've got the where the particulate filters are. They then put the cats in there right. and then they go into various styles of back box, so silenced or raced or you know, unsilenced. But you think it's loud enough? It's it's good I enough think, how it is. For me, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you don't need any more horsepower, right? You've got enough. Yeah, yeah, plenty, <laughs> plenty. And, and they, the, the the some of the companies they they make outrageous statements like they'll give you an extra forty brake horsepower if you take the GPS out. But you know, I think the ECU will retune to to what it knows. Yeah. So yeah, it's a clever ECU in the car. So. So what are the. Is there anything about the about the GT4 that you don't like? Is there anything you've come across and you think, oh, that's a bit weird? I wish they wouldn't have done it that way. Or is everything speed apart hump. from the gearing? You say the gearing could be a bit long, speed, but you're used to it. Speed humps. Really? Yeah, you, there's no lift. Oh, there's no lift kit. So oh. coming, we've, we're we're on a new development here in Winchester. Right. There's a great big ramp as you come in. So first time driving it home, scrum <laughs> across really? the bottom, scrape down the other side. Uh, so I have to. I, I apologise to all my neighbours because I'm I'm I am a mobile chicane when I come into our estate because I have to go. I have to traverse across the, the speed humps to, just to get over them without scraping the bottom. So I've got, I've got. Did you damage it on that first day? Yeah, I've got some battle damage on on the front splitter. Yeah, but it's a, it's classed as a consumable. I think it's a couple of hundred quid to change it. So the splitter on the I can't remember. I'm going to look at your pictures while I'm talking. The splitter on the on the GT4 is like the GT3, where it's a rubber part. Replacement part? Yeah, it's, it's, flat, it's a plastic part, yeah. Oh, but it's a flat part, isn't it? Yeah, it's flat, yeah. Oh, well, wow, that's some... Um, that expensive. <laughs> it was flat. Mine isn't flat. Mine's got some Vs in it, so... <laughs> that's right. It's a black part. I'm looking at images now, um, yeah. and I'll just tell everyone the uh, uh, mix Instagram again, GT4 underscore Winchester. But that's a great photo in the dealers. I can see you in the background there with the, the wheels and the front on and, and seeing the seats. I mean, it's a mean-looking car, that's for sure. It's a really, yeah. really nice-looking Porsche. really is. I really, I really, really like the GT4s. I have to say, I really, really like them. Um, I also like the Spiders as well. I don't mind the Spider because of the engine, that it's got the same engine, especially the 718. Um, so what, what else is there to do to the, to the GT4, though, Mick? Is there anything you need to do? Is there anything you want to do? Or are you just going to keep it? I mean, it's under warranty, of course, so you don't want to do too much, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. at the moment. Um, the, the only thing I was looking at, and, and, and I know you and uh, Steve... Uh, don't like the tartan seat inserts, uh, but I was thinking about getting some yellow, yellow and black tartan seat inserts done. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about the tartan. I have to say, I saw a really good image the other day, um, and I don't know how to re- pronounce his last name. Justin Plasek, is it? Yeah. You know, Justin Plasek, who does all the interior. Yeah. Did you see the like, image on his Instagram? He did a spider. Um, and the spider had the spider interior, the new 718 spider, and it had the Bordeaux interior. And he put in the um, gingham, the, the Pepita inserts on the seats. Yeah. Wow. It looked so much better. Yeah. It really I just mean, made I, a I, big difference. I mean, his seats, 
the, the work he does. Have you seen his product though? I mean, I know they're expensive, but they're his product expensive. and it comes in the little special bag, yeah. you know, I think Steve priced it. I think they were like 3,600 euro or something or 3,200 euro, yeah. something like that. Because Chris Harris has he's got his, he gets his seats done there, doesn't he? Yeah, so on his, yeah. On his tour and he's got his seats done. Yeah, and Lee Keen that bought that beautiful gold GT3, which everyone's yeah. seen on Instagram, that one, who's got the um, Pasha, yeah. the Pasha inserts. Pasha's good. I like Pasha. Yeah, I like Pasha. It's just difficult to get hold of the right color. Um, the, the, you know, so I, I quite like the um, gray and black Pasha. Um, but I've, we've got a trimmer near us um, in Stockbridge. Okay. Uh, and he's on the lookout for Pasha all the time, so... I just I pop in there every now and again. Um, I spoke to Gary at uh, Classic. Classic, yeah, Classic. Classic of X, yeah. Gary's a nice guy. Yeah, he's not. I mean, I could I could go to Gary. Um, I, I might I might do that as well. So because um, it's on the way home to mum and dad's. Mum and dad's still living in Bromley, so I can pop in and see him at Gary. Wouldn't he be the good best bet though? He gets lots of fabric through. I know Steve's bought some fabric from him, and had it made in Australia, but the inserts yeah. that he gets that he does, he does a really good job. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm a bit of a pontificator. Uh, my <laughs> he's obviously uh, cheap. I think Gary's cheaper than he'd be cheaper than uh, Justin Plastic. I think. Oh, definitely. And quality yeah. wise, not no nothing wrong with the quality at all. Perfect quality. It's a great, yeah. great job. Yeah. Oh, that's a good thing to do. I don't know about the yellow tartan Mick. I'm not sure. It's very strong. I don't know. I, I, one one minute I'm on Pasha, next minute I'm Houndstooth. I actually then, think you know what? I think the gold Pasha. Yeah. Like what Lee Keen has done. Have you seen those images of his I'll GT3? Have have I'll have to have another look at that because I flicked through the other day. Yeah. Go to Lee Keen's Instagram. Have a look at his gold pasha done by Justin Plastic. I think that the gold pasha and yours with the Aaron wheels, yeah. I think, mate, that would look that would look pretty good. Okay, I'll have a look at that, Michael, <laughs> and I'll let you know. <laughs> I'll, I'll have a look down the back of the settee, see if there's any, any um, extra, extra cash. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so how long's the warranty they give you in the UK on a new GT4? Three year, three year warranty. Um, and how many you've had a service already, or initial service? Yeah, I had one. So the service. That's a really good point about the service. So I went to Porsche. I won't name the centres. I went to one centre, uh, and they gave me a quote. I think it was twelve hundred and fifty quid for the full service with the brake fluid change. Right. And then there was a new centre opened up just around the well in the New Forest Way. I went down there and they quoted me 850 quid for the, exactly the same service. Really? Yeah. So <laughs> it was a no-brainer, really. So I, I took it down there. You think the first one's made an error or you think that's exact? That's £400? They're, the, they're, the they're in the same group as well, which is, uh, really? amazes me. Yeah. Because I thought they in the UK that every time I sort of look at these things, they seem to have the set pricings on their website. They actually put the pricings up. Well, I mean... It's always good to shop. I mean, I'm quite lucky here. I'm in yeah. a triangle of three dealerships, three or four. So you can shop. My, my advice would be shop around different dealerships. And, and plus, if you're a Porsche Club member, you get 10% off off parts as well. Oh, right. Cool, cool. So, um, and one for, for – because the 997, is it is it classed as a classic? Yeah, is it on a classic Not register? yet. Not yet. You know what it will be named as a classic when the PCCM Plus comes out? Gotcha, gotcha. Because if, if you register your car as a classic, as, as on that classic register, I think you get ten or ten or fifteen percent off parts as well. Right. So you don't even, you don't have to be a, be a member of anything. You just register on the on the classic um, register. Yeah, I mean you can see the you can see the scene behind me, Mick. I mean days like this, this is when I wish I had a Porsche nine eleven in the UK. Yeah, I really do. I mean even on the weekend, I noticed the you went to. Um, I got to say it right. You went to the scramble, Bista. Bista scramble, right? Oh, no, Bista. So I've got, I've got to hold my hands up. Most of that social media stuff is done by my son. Is it? He does a good yeah, job. So I, was, I was working on. Uh, you can tell the ones I do because my, my, my wheels are never straight, and he always gives me a bollocking <laughs> for it. So, so I was, I was working um, Saturday night, so I didn't, I didn't get up until I was on a night shift. So my son went with Paul. All oh, right. And they, they had a really good time up there. Yeah, that um, I saw that picture on your the. There's a couple of really nice green um seven one eights I've seen yeah. on Instagram. The first one, the one on your your Instagram t- today, the Brewster green one, which looks, which is a beautiful color. And then there's yes. that other guy. Is it in? Is he in the UK that has the oak green spider? Someone's got an oak. I think it's oak yeah, green spider. I follow on Instagram. A, there's a few uh, PTS colors or PTS plus colors coming through now, which are which are very interesting. Um, they 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 look really nice. Don't they some of these new colors. 
Yeah, and I noticed um, we mentioned this before, but you know, mix a friend of Paul from Rengineering who's been on the podcast before. Paul, who who would never get rid of his Cayman, he was happy with it for life. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I see the picture at uh, Podium Place, which you invited me to, and I I couldn't get out there because it was when I first yeah. arrived into the UK. Um, who had a cars and coffee there, right at Podium? Yeah, and there's a picture of uh, Paul's new uh, yellow speed yellow, is it? I think so. Yeah, it's uh, it's very striking. Nine Eleven Carrera T, very it's a beautiful, nice. beautiful car, beautiful car. Is he happy with it? He's chuffed to bits with it. Yeah. So I mean, the first thing he said was it's too quiet because his Cayman was basically a straight pipe. <laughs> I think he had a cat in there somewhere. Oh, but, right. uh, it was so loud. He said, uh, you know, if everywhere he drove, he said his ears were bleeding when he got out of it. And so he's comparing the like for like, and this, you know, the, the, the Carrera T is a turbo, a three litre turbo, whereas his was normally aspirated. So, but his car, he came, he came, we, we play around on the roads and he, he came hearing past me and it sounded pretty good, the, the, the 911 T. So yeah, they look good. Fun. Yeah. They look good in yellow. It's a very, it's a very bold colour yellow though, but it, yeah. it does look good. I mean, I saw, I saw the shark blue again the other day here in Canary Wharf. I saw a shark blue um, spider actually. Um, and it's it looks good in shark blue. I mean, it's a strong yeah. color, but I, I actually do like that color now. Yeah, this is this a nice Oslo blue. Is quite nice as well. Quite like that. Um, yeah, yeah, the blue. old Oslo. Yeah, it's nice. That's nice. All right. So if if someone's if someone's looking to purchase a GT4, we have a lot of people who listen to the podcast, Mick, who um, don't own 911s or Porsches, and sometimes they're looking at buying new cars. If they're going to buy a 718 GT4, if they could get one, do you reckon they should go with the lightweight buckets and the spec that yours has? Is there anything you would say that you probably don't need? Um, I would say get the spec that works for you. You know, so, I mean, the, the, I, I took my mum out in the car the other day. <laughs> Was it too loud? She, <laughs> she said, are you sure you haven't modified this? Long? But she's only five foot, bless her. She fell into the bucket seats and she couldn't see over the dashboard. So all she could see was blue sky. And the other benefit was she couldn't see the speedo either. Um <laughs> And but she really she loved it apart from the fact that she couldn't she couldn't see see anything. So get the spec that works for you, you know. So, um, but yeah, the, the the bucket seats once you get into them, they're great. Uh, you know, they're really comfy. You never see anyone on YouTube showing you how they get into the car though. You've got to do about twenty minutes worth of yoga. Yeah, it's not to easy. Limber yourself up to get into them. Um, but yeah, um, the bucket seats are lovely. Um, you know, it's just a great all round car. Uh, just speak to other like-minded people on a, whether it's on the forums or the WhatsApp groups um, and then just find out you know what what's good about them what's bad about them and then make your decision but but talk to other talk to other owners is probably the, the, the best bit of advice I'd, I'd say and, and have a if if you want the bucket seats try them out yeah against the comfort seats um, but the bucket seats they do seem to people want them. Uh, with the buckets in and, and they are really comfy once you're in them yeah they're hard to get into they're a bit hard to get out but once you once you know what you're doing you're okay yeah. the first time i did it, it was a bit a bit weird um on steve's gt3 but you know i love that seat i think i think it gives you the experience when you're in in that seat the yeah. whole car feels completely different it transforms yeah. the whole car especially with the the gear shift as well the shifter that you've got um just changed changes the whole car what about now you've got the gt4 I always like to talk about, we're getting towards the end of the podcast, but I always like to talk about favorite drives. Where have you taken the car? Where would you say if someone's coming to the UK, coming to your region, coming to your area, where should they take their, their 911 or their sports car for a drive? And where are the places that you want to take the GT4? Do you want to go into Germany with it? Do you want to go into, into Spain? What, what are the places you've got planned for the, for the GT4 in the coming years? So to, to answer your first question, um, Al mentioned it the other week. He, he talked about, uh, I, I was always going to say New Forest, but mm-hmm. then I always questioned myself, well, we've driven in the New Forest and you've got great big pigs running down the road out here. You've got horses, you've got ponies. New Forest is great, but you've got to be really careful with the wildlife. Oh, okay. Um, but it's a great, it's rolling rolling countryside and it's beautiful. Um, the, the We live on the south edge of the South Downs here. There's some great roads, so... Uh, if you've been to Goodwood before, so we yep. drive along the A two seven, so we've got down at Midhurst. There's some fantastic roads around there. Um, you know, there's just north of here. We've got the Cotswolds where caffeine and machine is. Yeah. And one of the first things I did with 
me and me and Connor, we went and uh, my son, we took the duty four out for a day. We just drove around Cotswolds all day, ended up at Caffeine the Machine and then came back. We had a great day. The Cotswold is fantastic. Um for the driving roads around there are brilliant. Um that's what you know, they they those are the sort of areas I recommend to anyone coming over here. Fantastic. Uh, where plans we we've got. I'd love to do I'd love to drive to Scotland. Um uh, last last year we we uh, we we holidayed twice in the UK. Uh, we went to the Peak District and Yorkshire, and there's okay. some fantastic, fantastic roads around there for driving. Um, so drive up to Scotland via those two areas: Peak District, Yorkshire, then do the Northwest 500. And there's also some uh, the Evo Triangle in Wales is is um, is a, another one on the bucket list to do. Very busy though, right? A lot of cars go there. Yeah, apparently, apparently so. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. I just watched the. Uh, did you watch the video on Harry's Garage on YouTube? His latest video with his. Um, uh, Turbo S that he just bought, the red one. Yes. Where he takes it on the trip through Bilbao. He goes over to the no, catches a ferry across. It. It's just on there. It's actually quite good. I, I didn't see that one. I, I, I'm, I normally watch some of these videos when I'm on night shifts at work. So uh, Yeah, it's quite a good one. I, I, yeah, I kind of laughed at the end. People who have watched it will know what I'm talking about. He gets to the point where he wanted to see in this rare part of Spain. And then he decides that the, he didn't realize it was going to be all gravel road. So he decides he doesn't want to take his very expensive air-cooled, uh, you know, very yeah. rare Sonda watch or whatever it is, Turbo yeah. S on, on that road. So I think it was a wise decision. But it's quite funny how he didn't, he didn't care. He just said, I, I can't do it. I just can't do it. Yeah. So, Mick, we're almost at the end. Anything else you want to share with the – actually, I want to ask you one other thing I forgot. You said about the, the speed humps and, and it doesn't have a lift kit on the GT4. Is there something you can do to add the lift kit? Would you think about doing that, or that is that going to void your warranty, or is it something you you don't think you need? I just know to take them at angles now, Michael. Okay. So I just, I, I, like I said, apologies if you're stuck behind me going over a speed hump. Um, but yeah, you just have to take them at a uh, traverse across them rather than drive yeah. straight over them. Yeah, yeah. All right. What else? Anything else you want to share with the listeners before we go, Mick? Um, I just. Um, like to say, but my, my son Connor. So, engineering was um, put together by Paul and a few of his friends, pretty much on the back of my son finishing university last year, and he struggled to get into employment. So, his first job was he, he was lucky enough to get an internship with Salon Privé. Oh, so right. he fantastic! Spent three, four months, yeah, exactly, in the car industry, yeah. setting up one of the wow. biggest car shows in in, in Britain. Great. He then went to work for Ordnance Survey, which is a, a big map company. I've done if, you, if you've heard of them. And then um, he, he recently applied to uh, a job for Mercedes Formula One team. Right. And he's just, just been accepted. Oh, fantastic. So, Congratulations. Yeah, so what a great. Yeah. He starts in the uh, beginning of May, May the 9th. Um, and so we're all so proud of him um, for, for getting that job. And, and the first thing I said to him is, when when is it bring your dad to daily work? Yeah. <laughs> What's your son's name? Connor. Connor, yeah. Congratulations, Connor. Connor. What a yeah. – and I'm, I'm a fan of Mercedes F, Mercedes as well, F1. I yeah. know a lot of people aren't at the moment, but I'm still a fan, so I'm not going to change there. Um, fantastic. So what what is he what does he specialise in? What is he doing? He He's trained in engineering type field? No, he's not. Uh, no? Uh, no, uh, I did say to him the, the job the, first, the job he went for is really technical, and I'm like, oh, you, you might have to learn how an engine works there, son. Uh, but he, <laughs> he, he, they, his, his degree is in business, um, and part of his degree was supply chain and purchasing and oh, stuff okay. like that. So he's working in there. So they they got two factories. They've got one at uh, Brackley and one at Brackley. Brixworth. So he's working at Brixworth, where and that's the the engine department. So they're supplying the engines to Aston Martin, McLaren, uh, Williams. And obviously Mercedes, and they're also doing the engines for the Project One hypercar. Right. So, Fantastic. Yeah. So the British F1, you'll have that special pass, the yeah, VIP hopefully. pass, all access. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. have, you, have you been to Silverstone before, Michael? No, I haven't. I haven't. Oh, I should, yeah. but I haven't. No. When is that on? What, what month is that? I'm a big F1 fan, as you know, but what, what month so, is that? It moves around a bit, but it's normally um, after. To Goodwood after yeah. the Goodwood Festival of Speed, so it's probably um, I haven't. So Goodwood's early this year, isn't it? So it might be beginning beginning of July, I think. Well, I'm locked into going to Goodwood if I'm still in the UK, which is a bit up in the air. But if I am, um, my friend Nick, who was on very first Owner Stories, I don't know if you listened to yeah. Owner Stories number one. Um, one yeah. He's uh, he's a member of Goodwood and he's organised uh, tickets 
Uh, and I'm going to be going there with uh, Nick and um, Barry from another previous owner stories, Barry, who has a GTS. Yeah. Um, so that's planned for the 20th, I think it's 23rd of June. I'm supposed to be going. Yes, that might be that weekend, actually. Yeah. Uh, and normally good. Normally, uh, F1 is the weekend after, right? I think so, yeah. It's a busy time in the UK. Yes. And I have to say, that not that one thing that's great about the UK? And look, a lot of people who don't really know much about London or UK think, oh, it rains a lot. But, you know, the best thing about the UK, and I've been, I've been here for a long time now, on and off, you know. Obviously, we don't live here, but, you know, I've been, because we have a flat here and we're coming here since 2012. The weather is... The thing with the weather in the UK is everyone really enjoys the weather. When the sun comes out, don't you think? Everyone makes the most of it. In Australia, everyone's a bit lazy. It's like, our oh, sun's always going to be there. Don't worry about it. But in the UK, it's like, and this is the thing with Porsche events and car events. There's so many car events that people, like you telling me about the one the other day, and then you've got the, the Bista one, and then you've got, there's just so many things happening, isn't there, over summer? And I think we've also we're coming out a lot. We're coming out of two years of, of madness as well, where yeah. you know everyone everyone wants to you know get on and, and get on with their lives and get out and enjoy themselves. Yeah, start um, talking to someone apart from family. Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get our social skills back again. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, before we go, everyone should go to our mix uh, Instagram at what is it? I've forgotten it already. At GT4, GT4 underscore Winchester, at GT4 underscore Winchester. Give uh, Mick a follow. Tell him you heard his story on Owner Stories. Um, Mick, really appreciate it. Thanks so much for being on uh, the podcast today. Uh, It was good to chat. Thank you for inviting us, Michael, and it's good to have you back. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone. uh, That's Mick coming in from the UK, from Hampshire in the UK, with his... Very cool, I have to say I'm a bit envious, very, very cool, um, 718GD4. In the spec I would like to, the manual, black, RM wheels, lightweight buckets, um, I don't think you can get any better. All right, everyone, thanks for listening to the Porsche Cool Podcast. Bye for now.